This is the Marlology Podcast. Marl County, Ohio is my home. With your hosts, Mike and Joey. Mike. Yes. Sweet 16. What does that mean? That means 16 episodes of Marlology, and people are still listening. Yes. 16 episodes. Mike, did you know that most episodes, uh, most podcasts do not make it past like eight episodes? Well, episodes. you know, they, they don't have the awesomeness that we have in this room. The awesomeness. Yes. I'm sure that many would describe us with one word, and awesomeness is not <laughs> one of those words for us. Um, yeah, so 16 episodes talking about Morrow County and the impact that Morrow County has had on the world. Yeah. Can we say that? We can say that. We can say that. Definitely on the United States. I mean, we've had presidents who were technically born here. Well, one president, yes. Well, yeah. And then we've had an entertainer. We've had multiple entertainers. And did you know that Morrow County was mentioned on um, Jeopardy the other night? No. Uh, they didn't directly, but uh, I forget what the, uh, what the clue was, but it was talking about Harding, Harding and the lady that was, I can't think of her name right now, that's actually filling in. Is it... Uh, Amy Farrah Fowler from yes, Big I Bang. Yes, I believe so, uh, yes. I can't think of her name, but yes. Anyhow, they mentioned President Harding and that he came from, was born in Corsica, Ohio, which was the name of New Bloomington at the time that that uh, President Corsica. Harding. Wasn't that a Chevy car, a Corsica? It, it was. It yeah. was. It didn't last very long. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just thinking about it, I'm like, I think I've heard that name before. So I thought that was pretty that neat, neat that, that uh, I mean, they didn't say Morrow County, but I knew that Corsica was a town in Morrow County. You and County. about five other people yeah. knew that answer. Yeah, that's true. Or knew, not the answer, but knew that that's where, you know, that came from. Yeah. So, Mike, guess what? This week, uh, coming up, Man, I tell you what, the Mount Gilead Public Library, they are in full gear, Mike, with summer programs. They have an adult summer reading program. It kicks off on 614 and goes till July 31st. Um, and they, so check out their Facebook page or their web page for that. They have uh, Thursday movies that they've partnered with the Capitol Theater. Yes. And uh, last Thursday they showed Cars. This um, coming Thursday they're going to show the original Snow White. Oh, really? The, yes. The, the Disney. I must have said Show White. Snow White. <laughs> yeah, Snow White. So the original Disney movie. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then uh, Mount Gilead Public Library, again, 619. They're doing, are you ready for this? Zumba for kids and yoga. Okay. Which is kind of neat. Well, I used to watch yoga on Saturday mornings. Yoga Bear was on every Saturday. That's Yogi, right? Hey, boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. Hey, pick a nick basket. All right. And moving on to spare the rest of you from our, our terrible, terrible puns and jokes. Um, we also have, oh, this one is uh, a good one here, Maringo Yard Sale. Uh, the annual start, uh, uh, annual uh, Maringo <laughs> yard sales uh, on 624 is when it starts. Okay, I'm not going to go. I already have enough yard to mow, so I don't need to go to a yard well, sale. Well, maybe you could yard. get more yard at the yard sale, and then you can go and get a garage from the garage sale. And don't forget a sidewalk for the, from the sidewalk sale. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And um, then my favorite here that I'm really interested in sharing uh, because it's near and dear to me, and I was uh, just um, a nun in it. Mar Little Theater's production of Nonsense Amen. 
takes the stage in your living room on your TV, on your phone, computer, other devices on June 25th and 26th at 7 p.m. and June 27th at 2 p.m. Now, yes, it is on your device, but it is not on demand. And that's due to licensing. So unfortunately, we have to provide you those times just as if you were gonna see our live show. But the nice thing is you can watch it uh, at home in your pajamas, on your couch, with your favorite beverage or favorite snack. Uh, visit our webpage um, at marlittletheater.org or visit the Facebook page for the events and there's a link to purchase tickets there. Now, this is the first time, Mike, that we've ever done anything online. Mm -hmm. So we're just a little... Um, we're, we're a little... Uh, we're learning. There's a, a learning sure. curve here. Sure. Uh, videography is a lot different than producing something that you know people see up front. Uh, but I want to thank Whetstone Productions. Uh, that is um, Jeff and Jennifer Emberg, local. Okay. Uh, we were able to use them to record, uh, which is fantastic. Um, and, you know, this whole production, Mike, came along because we got a grant from the Ohio Arts Council that we were able to do this. Um, it's an expensive show, especially doing it online. Um, and then we had to, you know, meet COVID restrictions. And right. then... On the second, boom, they were all gone. Well, we recorded on the fifth. Uh, right now, we're going through the editing uh, for that. So that's coming up. Again, that is uh, June 25th, 6th, and 7th. Visit the marlittletheater.org or visit our Facebook page. And then um, found a couple things here. Eco Camp at the Eco Center. Yes. They actually have several different, and I didn't list them all out, but they have several different age group categories uh, of courses that you can take, sign your kids up for. Uh, it looks like it would be a great time. We might actually, I might have to talk to my wife about getting Isaac in there because I think he would really enjoy it. Oh, I think he would. Um, he's an outdoor kid. He loves it. Um, and then Mike gets back. What's it's that? back. Farm Days. Farm, Farm days, days is back. Yes. So the first full weekend in August is going to be the 6th, 7th, and 8th. And it's the 32nd annual. I don't know if we can call it 32nd annual since we didn't have it in 2020. Well, let's do it anyway. Who cares? That'll work. Uh, they're still looking for vendors. Uh, it's $35 for a booth, and that gets you all three days. They have both indoor and outdoor spaces still available. Uh, I saw that. I believe Faith Jagger is the one who posted that on Facebook. Uh, so visit uh, the Morrow uh, local page. Um, think think local first, Morrow County, Ohio page. That is, I believe, where she posted that. Well, the Morrow um, County historic. Uh, excuse me, Morrow County uh, antique tractor and equipment folks do have a Facebook page as well. Oh, they do. Okay, yes, they I do. haven't seen that one. Yes, they do. I'm gonna have to join that group. I need to. So, I need to know this stuff, Mike. Um, one other thing about that event: the Morrow County Historical Society will have the Garverick Log House open to the public, with a new porch. A new so porch. it'll be safer to get in this year, and there will be a um, Civil War encampment right next to the log house. Uh, during the event. Oh, I that's I think they're neat. camping Friday night and will be there all day Saturday, I believe. So our guest, Mike, today is a big Civil War reenactment uh, fan. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes. So uh, we'll have to we'll make sure he knows about that. Uh, last thing I knew, he traveled around a little bit. So those of you who are just listening, we have a special guest today uh, that will be here soon. And I'm not going to tell you right now who it is. 
Um, Mike knows only because you know we plan things together. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, what what do you got, Mike? What what's um, what what uh, is happening with the historical society? What's going on this week or in the coming week? Or well, because of uh, once again, um, June thirteenth is the fortieth anniversary of the Cardington tornado, mm-hmm. and uh, we do have a display through the twentieth of June um, in the history center of uh, you know articles, things concerning the tornado. And I do believe that Joey is going to put a picture of that uh, online on our, as well. Yeah, I took a picture of all the dump trucks from ODOT. Um, okay. I took the picture of that. I couldn't get the whole display case very well, so right. I took a picture of that. That is just, uh, you know, we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. But just the imagery of, um, you know, and I don't remember Car- downtown Cardington looking any different than it does today. Right. I do remember um, downtown Cardington, yeah. But just knowing where that is and seeing those dump trucks lined up and all of the debris... Uh, is, is it's impactful, and so today's episode we're going to talk about that. Uh, yes. And our guest is one that uh, I'm, I'm I can't wait to see. Haven't seen him for a while, uh, and he's um, he's going to actually talk through some of the uh, first responders um, accounts, okay, uh, as well as your portion too. Yeah, so. I'm going to talk about the uh, a little bit about the uh, tornado. Reading some articles from some local newspapers uh, concerning the tornado as well. So, um, so uh, anything else for the historical society? I mean, do you guys have? Is there uh, what's coming up after the twentieth? Uh, do you guys have? Um, are, we have a committee that works on that, the curator committee, and I'm not sure what they have in mind. So uh, Sunday afternoons between two and four, the uh, history center is open. So please stop in. Uh, Morrow County has a rich history, and we're more than proud to share it with you. Now, are you guys looking for volunteers? Are we looking for volunteers? Always looking for volunteers. Uh, How would somebody volunteer for the Historical Society? That's a very good question, Joey. First of all, it would be good for you to stop in on Sunday afternoon and talk to whoever the docent is that's on duty. Or you can go to our Facebook page, the Morrow County Historical Society Facebook page, um, and, you know, put a message there. Hey, I'd like to help. I have this talent, or what help do you need, you know? And we will put you to work. I'm sure you will. Most volunteer organizations will put any volunteer to work. <laughs> that's Mar Little Theater's the same way. That, that's for sure. That's for sure. Like, when I leave here, I am president of the Historical Society, and I'm going to leave here and go fix a toilet so you know we get to do a little bit of everything well you know uh, um, a toilet is a throne and it's perfect for a president to fix that (laughs) it may not be the presidential throne well it could be pu all Um, right (laughs) so um i'm trying to think there is something big coming up for mlt we can't announce just yet because we're looking for a location and we're working really hard to get that once we get that we're going to announce it um more details but i will tell you it's a workshop it's a five-week workshop really yes and it's for youth okay uh it's five-week workshop we will be doing um education with those kids so they'll sign up and then they will go all the way through um the the workshop there and as we go through the workshop the kids will learn uh stage direction uh, makeup, improv, blah, 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 all that fun stuff for theater. And then at the end of that five weeks, we'll actually put on a, 
a show, mm-hmm. a junior version of a show. Oh, wow. And we've picked that, and we're going to move forward with that. So as soon as we have the location nailed down, we will share that. And that, Mike, I think will conclude the current events. Okay. This week's Morrow County Flashback, brought to you by the Morrow County Historical Society. June 13th, 1981. Day that changed Cardington forever. A tornado touched down. And I'm going to read a couple of articles from local newspapers concerning the uh, tornado. And there were uh, four that died. Uh, this particular article, I believe, is from the Morrow um, County Sentinel and was four days after, five days after the event on June 18, 1881. Now, this, the print is very small, so if you see me squinting, <laughs> which is hard to do on radio, four persons died and more than 60 people were injured in a devastating tornado that ripped through Cardington Village at 3.23 p.m. Saturday afternoon. The tornado struck down with very little advance warning in the southwest part of the village, ripping up apartments, industries, and homes, traveled from near the railroad tracks east on Main Street to the Whetstone Creek, where it continued its northwesterly course up State Route 42. Damage was not officially estimated, but will run into the millions. Some farms in the path were also damaged, and nearly three and and one-half inches of rain added to waterlogged Morrow County's farm problems throughout most of the county. Uh, uh, Died in the tornado were Don William Carson, who was nine months old, Maxine Danner, who was 67, Leo Bigman, 64, and Thelma Olson, who was 62. Almost as soon as the wind ceased... And as the rain continued, the cleanup began. A surprising amount of cleanup, patching, repairing, and rebuilding has already been accomplished by home and business owners, friends, county, and state officials, volunteers, and others. The evening of the tornado, 54 persons were taken to the Morrow County Hospital. Two were dead on arrival, one died shortly after arrival, and one person died early the next morning in Mansfield General Hospital where she had been taken. Three others who had been injured were taken to the hospital the next day, according to hospital superintendent James Harbaugh. Several persons were treated at the neighboring hospitals, and many who probably should have been hospitalized. Only 10 of those taken for treatment were admitted, Harbaugh said. Five persons were later transported to other hospitals. There are an estimated 620 dwellings in Cardington, according to Mayor Cecil Maxwell. Bill Lockhart, Area Red Cross Supervisor, said that a survey revealed damage to 171 dwelling units, ranging from minor to completely destroyed. He said 29 businesses were badly damaged or completely destroyed. Two businesses in the west end of town escaped with little damage. The stall division of Scott and Fetzer Company on Kennard Street, was badly damaged. The company is the largest employer in Cardington. The tornado was probably the worst ever to hit the county, far exceeding in damage the one that hit Westfield on Palm Sunday many years ago, which would have been 1965, actually. Governor James Rhodes said the damage far exceeded that at the one seven years ago at Xenia on a per capita basis. County Sheriff Tom Harden who also had been present at, Xenia, at the Xenia disaster, agreed with the governor's assessment. 32 were killed at Xenia. 
Governor Rhodes arrived in Cardington Saturday evening and returned about 9 a.m. Sunday morning before departing about 4 p.m. Sunday for Finley to view flooding in that uh, northwestern Ohio city. While, the Cardington, while in Cardington, the governor made two ground trips and an aerial trip in a state highway patrol helicopter to survey and assess the tornado damage. He was accompanied to Cardington by a host of state officials, including uh, Colonel Walsh, Walsh of the Ohio State Patrol, General Abrahams of the Ohio National Guard, Kirk Griffith, Deputy Director of the State Disaster Service Agency, Jim Smith of Ohio Department of Transportation, and Dick Midlam of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. Governor Rhodes declared a state of emergency as soon as he arrived Saturday and ordered the National Guard State Highway Department employees and trucks and other state agencies to that scene. He and the state officials who accompanied him were drawing up a request Sunday to President Reagan asking him to declare an emergency and asking for federal assistance. A list of unaccounted for persons totaled over 100 Saturday evening, but the list shrank rapidly. Many left the scene or returned home afterwards. And that was in the Morrow County Sentinel, I do believe. Uh, another article in the Sentinel, and I'll just read a portion of it here. The tornado which killed four, injured 60, and destroyed or damaged 130 structures in Cardington on June 13th was the strongest to hit Ohio since the one which devastated the city of Xenia in April of 1974, according to the National Weather Service in Cleveland. Winds in Cardington reached between 158 and 206 miles per hour, and the path of the storm was 3.9 miles long and about 0.2 miles wide. Uh, Steiger reported the Cardington tornado first touched down along US 42, about a mile west of town, and then a half mile to the east. The damage began in earnest as the tornado entered the southwestern edge of Cardington, causing two deaths. Steigler said. The first death was in a mobile home and the second in an apartment complex. The twister then moved into the business district eastward across Whetstone Creek and where it destroyed many mobile homes causing a third death before exiting the town. Steigler noted the location of the fourth fatality is unknown. After leaving town the tornado continued east across farm fields where it did little or no damage and ended up at the intersection of Morris and Furby Roads. Steigler reported, uh, Steigler's report shows that 17, 34% of the buildings destroyed in Cardington were businesses, 11 were farm buildings, 10 mobile homes, 7 houses, and 5 garages. Of the approximately 130 structures damaged, 32 were houses, 22 businesses, six garages, five mobile homes, and four farm buildings. So um, we are remembering what happened 40 years ago in Cardington when the tornado struck. All right, so in the flashback this week special, we already dropped uh, that we're gonna talk about the Cardington tornado. And uh, this week we have a very special uh, guest who um, might have been a infant when this happened, <laughs> uh, but we've talked about him before on the podcast. Uh, Fire Chief Matt Carey, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
All right, so I'm going to turn this over to the two historians now in the room, <laughs> the two gurus. But before we do, I wanted to let you know, so Farm Days, mm-hmm. August 6th, 7th, and 8th, did you know there's going to be a Civil War reenactment down no, there? I didn't know. Were, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to make sure that you knew because I knew you were a big buff. Yeah, I used those. to do Civil War reenacting, yeah. And uh, wanted to make sure because I told Mike, I said, did you know that he's interested in that? Yeah. So I, I want to make sure you knew. I, I appreciate that. I meant yeah. to tell you before we started recording. <laughs> All right. That just goes to show how uh, you know we think here, or we don't on this <laughs> podcast. All right. So, uh, Matt, talk us through, because you did a, uh, an interview uh, real quick, I guess, with uh, retired fire chief uh, Jim Allum. Yep. And he was the fire chief then. So just setting it, Tom Harden, uh, the late Tom Harden, was the uh, county sheriff at the time. Yep. Um, so, you know, what... Uh, Doc what Sweeney we, was the coroner. Doc Sweeney, yep, yeah. Yep. So um, that kind of sets, you know, for some of you who remember these folks um, that, uh, you know, were they, you know, at the height of their careers, I guess you would say. Um, so between the two of you, I know um, you've got several articles. Um, yes, we, so. yeah, which we shared during the uh, historic part of the show today. So let's just. Sure. Uh, so basically, uh, uh, you know, growing up here, uh, hearing stories uh, early in my career before I went and worked at different city fire departments, and I was down in Cincinnati for a while. Um, I did start out here at Mount Gilead, so a lot of these people that lived through this or worked there, uh, you know, grew up around it. I grew up in the firehouse. My dad was on the fire department here, both my brothers. Um, so, you know, hearing uh, the young brothers or, or uh uh, Chief Steiger, uh, retired Chief Steiger, that's up, Jim, um, you know, growing up around that, listening to all those guys. Uh, Herbie Hoffman, uh, late mm-hmm. Herbie Hoffman, you know, he was a walking book himself. Yes, he uh, was. So, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, I got really interested in the uh, history buff, so went through all that stuff. And so, what I kind of did is I did find um, uh, the people didn't know the old 911 center. Um, was actually located where Mount Gilead's firehouse is now. There's a little room that's attached to it, a uh, real small room. The squad uh, had their little squad bay, but the actual room there was the 911 center before they moved to Center Street and then now where they're at currently. And so that's where this was at at that time when all this happened. Um, so I kind of, th- there's records still at the firehouse, so I've got some radio logs and, and some written, handwritten stuff that they had, so I kind of went through it and tried to put a timeline, and then I talked with Chief Olam a little bit to try to get some things together. Uh, so basically, um, uh, just to give it a little bit of quick background on stuff, you know, you've got at the time uh, the resources. You've got five county squads. Uh, you know, they're in Mount Gilead, Cardington, Marengo, Iberia, uh, Johnsville. Fire department-wise, same. But you also had Edison had a fire department at that time also. So the reason why it's important to kind of understand, I've got a bit of a timeline to go through. There was a lot of things going on, not just the tornado. So it shows you what they dealt with. Uh, there was a lot of things. You know, there was four fatalities, but there was 52 people injured, and there was a lot of things going on. So basically, I can start through the timeline. Um, at uh, 11.45, the Mansfield Weather Service called over and uh, it let Morrow County Dispatch know that there was going to be heavy rain, winds, things coming, just let them know there was bad weather looking. Uh, they sent it out at 11.47, broadcast out, telling everybody there's a thunderstorm, a lot of the same stuff they do now. At 12 noon, they blew the siren. They did their siren test. Like you know, like when we were younger growing up, you know, they were doing that. I don't think they do that now. Um, about three, uh, about 11 minutes after three, um, 
and so this is all military time, so I'm trying not to say that because some people might get confused. Uh, Squad 1 and Mount Gilead Fire, they got dispatched to 3530 County Road 170 for a car wreck. Um, and it came in as one victim, possibly trapped. Uh, my understanding is they ended up, it was, there was, ended up being multiple victims. And they had to send multiple resources out there. The person was trapped. They had to do a lengthy extrication. Squad goes in route, Squad 1, which is Mount Gilead, uh, Mount Gilead's rescue and engine go. The um, dispatcher at that time, my understanding is they only had one dispatcher on usually at that time, so if stuff started to get busy, they would ask for others to come in. So they, they toned out for an additional dispatcher to come there because of the weather and everything happening. Uh, Chief Olam, uh, as he explained to me, he worked at the uh, Matthews gas station in Cardington, mm -hmm. and uh, he said he was outside watching. Uh, the mailman, uh, he said Richard Hack was coming down the road, and it started to look really bad, and he told him, he said, hey, you better come in here. So they, they go into the gas station, uh, starts to get really bad outside, and the next thing they know, there's debris flying everywhere. So they went in and took shelter. Um, he said, Mr. Hack looked at him afterward and said, I don't think I'm going to deliver the mail today. I think I'm going to go home and check on my wife. So they went outside, and there was debris, it looked like, from um, the apartment complex that was behind them. And so if you look at everything, Jim was actually the first one to get on the radio uh, and basically report of a touchdown of a tornado in Cardington at the Cardington Mills apartments. Uh, and so it, you got to understand this has all happened. They're having radio issues now. It's very staticky. There's uh, uh, towers have been hit out that way. So they start to have a lot of radio issues. It's hard to understand what's going on. So he gets on there and talks about that there's a lot of equipment or trees down, power lines, all that kind of stuff. Um, then the sheriff's office starts getting calls. So they start calling into the 911 center. You know, people are calling them. They're, they're getting all these calls in. The, uh, they go ahead and tone out squad two, which was Cardington, and, and say, hey, you know, respond to Cardington Mills for a tornado touchdown. Uh, there's a lot of broken radio traffic back and forth. Uh, the Chief Olam's talking about different damages. They think that the tornado is heading towards Mount Gilead, so they actually report that, and they're trying to figure all that out now. They know Cardington's been hit. Where else is it gone? Uh, Chief Olam said he thought his understanding was it actually tornado came into town, went up, came back down, went up, came back down. It was maybe two or three times, you know, it hit different places. So they were trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, squad three out of Marengo gets dispatched to go to the car wreck at that point, where Mount Gilead's at. Uh, they start to call for more dispatchers to come in now because obviously we've got a tornado. Uh, Bev Campbell, who was the 911 coordinator at that time, uh, she starts to come in, uh, and there's radio traffic where she talks about she's on County Road 30 north of town, in Mount, you know Mount Gilead, and zero visibility. It's raining very, very hard. So you got to think about this. They've been told there's a tornado coming to Mount Gilead. Now they can't see anything, heavy rain, all that kind of stuff. Um, then they start getting uh, something we don't hear today. They start getting calls in from ham radio operators. And uh, the first one, there's a ham radio operator. It's five miles north of Edison. They pick up radio traffic. They need fire trucks and an ambulance at the meatpacking plant in Cardington. Said so there's a gas leak. There's people injured. There might have been an explosion. They're not sure what was going on, and so this person hears this on their ham radio and calls 911 to tell them that. The wow. So, yeah, it, it, yeah. 911 was around in 81? I, I, probably not, no. Okay. No, no, yes. They there had was a, business a line. number, but I don't think yeah, it was Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, very, very, yeah, good point. Uh, you know, we're so used to saying that now today. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. And so 
without going into a lot of detail, that's a lot of things that they talk about uh, later on. The after action report, they talk about establishing different numbers and right. stuff. And and I believe you know this is probably one of the reasons why uh, they had a lot of phone issues getting through and stuff. Um, so then they dispatched Cardington Fire Department to go to uh, the meatpacking plant at this point. The um, uh, about uh, 3.34, uh, Chief Olam gets on there and explains. They finally get to the fire station, and he explained to me uh, his trek to try to get there. He couldn't get there all the way. He had to end up going by foot because there was so much mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then they report the fire station's been just basically has been hit by a tornado. So... Uh, can you imagine your their equipment's buried? You know the roofs off. They're, 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 everything's stuck in the fire station. Um, so at that point, um, he asked for Ashley Fire Department to come. Uh, they send Johnsville Squad Five, uh, and then they start getting all these phone calls. As you start reading through, just people trapped. I mean, calls coming in all over the place. People on the radios. People on hams. People calling the station. I think it's important to call out. There were no cell phones, so they're <laughs> right. calling from landlines. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and you, in the radio logs, you, they actually put the phone number. You know, you can see the phone numbers when they get it. And then they had a lot of other stuff. They had, you know, of course, you've got people calling. Someone's people are calling about, hey, what's your normal business number? Hey, we're busy. We can't talk about that. Right. You know, people calling, hey, did you, is there a tornado? Is there this? Just asking, you know, somewhat pertinent questions, but not necessarily as pertinent, you know, at that point. So they've got all this stuff going on. Um, so... With the fire station being hit, you know, they've got, they're really worried about trying to get other people in. Mount Gilead's out on runs. There's all these things happen. So they start calling these Delaware County areas. Iberia, first consolidated. Uh, Marengo, uh, you know, Squad 3 and Mount Gilead are all in that car wreck still. So Edison, they, they call for Edison to, to come out. Uh, so they start sending multiple pieces of equipment to Cardington. Mount Gilead was at, able to get some other people, so they actually got some guys together and sent Engine 13, one of their brush units, out there. Uh, and they literally just start getting every squad member that they can figure and muster and put them on vehicles and mm-hmm. just go. Um, and they just, there's lots and lots of calls for, for people trapped and things going on. Dr. Mooney, um, there's a call in there. They talk about Dr. Mooney, and I would imagine uh, the vet. I don't know right. if Stan didn't mentioning that. Basically gets information via radio again of more people trapped uh, in Cardington so those are coming in uh, Delaware County gets called for ambulances uh, a couple of fire departments over there Tri Township and um, Porter Township some other places over there they start calling for get help from there uh, Mount Gilead uh, some of their units go to the trailer park up there and some of the first fatalities happened to be reported out of the trailer park there was two fatalities there in the trailer park uh, Chief Olam explained some of that and, and, and had you know, these people, they, they, they live there, you know, they knew everybody. And so he did, you know, he knew these people and, and they, they all knew each other. It's a small town and, right. and, you know, and so he, he talked about that kind of stuff and how well he knew these people, you know, the people hurt even, there was a lot of people seriously hurt too. Um, they set up a collection point at the Methodist church. So by, by about 4.30, they've got a collection point set up, and they're tar- starting to figure out if you're not that bad, they're going to take them to that collection point, and then they start taking people to different hospitals. They're going to Mar County Hospital. They're going to Marion Hospital. They're going to Mansfield, believe it or not. So, you know, they're going all over the place at that point. Uh, and they've got units from all over the place coming. Uh, they start calling for chainsaws and gas generators and heavy equipment. So you've got the county. Um, Kokosing, he said, you know, said they'd bring stuff. ODOT comes in. Uh, but not that early, but, you know, they start getting that called out. Um, 
Chief Ulm about uh, about f uh, like four at four thirty nine. They said he calls for the National Guard to come out. Uh, they start getting reports of uh, Washington Street uh, uh, serious injuries on Washington Street. I think it was Third and Washington was the area, and that's where the other two fatalities. There was a there was a woman and then the child that that died. And I think it was like nine nine months old. The baby was. I believe that's right. And. Um, that ends up being the fourth, the fourth victim at that point. They ended up transporting the baby to the hospital and all that. So, uh, real close to that time, Iberia uh, ends up getting in a house fire, and it's reported across from the Presbyterian Church, and it's a lightning strike catches house on fire. So you have this major car wreck going on, a tornado just hits this town, and then there's a fire going on now. Enough to stress any. Yeah, right. Uh, one of those is bad enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, one, yeah, one of those single things it'd be huge yeah uh put all three together and you've really got yeah. a catastrophe yeah um and then they start talking about lots of squads start coming uh fire departments vans you know they, they used to use vans a lot at that point for rescue vehicles stuff like that brush trucks and they just start picking people up uh and, and taking them in vans and, and brush units and pickup trucks and you know if they're not that bad they're just taking them they're just off they go with them to the hospital or the collection points obviously they're doing that um and just as you read through the radio logs, just lots more calls coming in, you know, just people trapped. Tri Township and Porter uh, start to bring resources in. They start calling all these other departments to stand by in case they need start needing stuff. And then they start getting reports of gas leaks everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and so Mount Gilead's fire chief at that time, uh, Dick Young, was also the EMA director also. And so he talks about in, in the radio logs a lot of telling people to stop smoking. Uh, they didn't want that he gets on the radio wants the sheriff's office to enforce that they're telling everybody on the radio don't smoke and, and chief Ulm had some stories you know you don't think about it of you know people they just got hit by a tornado there's some people pretty nervous they're pretty you know they're they're unnerved and they're smoking you know right. and and so that was a big thing so basically uh you know that goes on and from about five o'clock on um you just get lots of information of them just transporting people and taking them and that goes on to almost midnight. Um, you know, the National Guard gets there. They start to get law enforcement from other areas and the sheriff. And so I was going to read through the, some of the stats that they put together right, right at the end uh, real quick. And then I wanted to try to venture through a couple of things that Chief Ullman told me himself. 52 injuries, four fatalities. There were 11 hospitalized. Six were transferred to other hospitals. 171 families were affected. 21 homes were destroyed. 24 homes received major damage. 79 homes received minor damage. 17 mobile homes were destroyed. One mobile home was major damage, one with minor damage. 15 apartments were destroyed. Three apartments received major damage, 11 received minor. 29 businesses were destroyed, another 29 had major damage. Two businesses received minor damage. They estimated anywhere from 95 to 250 people were out of work out of three major employers in Cardington. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, they had 100 members of the Ohio National Guard that came to help patrol the village. 50 workers from uh, ODNR came out to help try to, for security. About 200 workers from Ohio Department of uh, Transportation, 100 workers from the Friends Disaster As Assistance Group, uh, 100 workers from the Mennonite Disaster Service. They had 10 amateur radio operators in, uh, in the county, and then they had a bunch all outside that you, you weren't sure. They had estimated about 20 OSP uh, patrol officers, 20 sheriff's deputies, and 15 local community police officers, Mount Gilly police, stuff like that, to come out and try to help. 
That's impressive. I mean, that's a huge list of resources yeah. that A, didn't come right away, but B, didn't leave right away either. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Because um, this went on for days. Yes, right. He said the National Guard was there for a week. Um, you know, and, and there was other stuff like they said, he mentions Dr. Lee mm-hmm. comes out and, and, you know, we only have so much time, but there were so many stories I got, but, you know, Dr. Lee comes out and, and rides in with one of the squads to try to help. Um, but uh, he told me some of the interesting parts was when they got to the firehouse, I ended up getting the equipment out, but what they did was, is they got in their brush truck, Cardington's brush truck, and just drove it right through the door. They had a big push bumper on the front. Right. So they just... They knocked off the roof stuff off of it, and right through the door they went, and that's how they ended up getting the squad out too. Um, and uh, they just just said, "Forget it," just drove right through it. And then they set up out at the Cardington uh, High School. Yes, 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 they did. Yeah. Um, he said that uh, uh, basically what was interesting was with the ham operators, as we talked about. But uh, he he said as stuff went on and is. The ham operators sat up, you know, over that pat next week, and it was interesting. They had somebody from California call on a ham radio and call back and check on family members, and you had a lot of that going on just to try to see what was happening on a on a radio, you know. Um, he one, uh, you know, talked about uh, there was a lot of things that happened in the area. Uh, Mount Gilead left, uh, got fire gear for him. He said all their fire gear was gone. A lot of it was gone. They, there was people finding stuff from Cardington Fire Department as far as in Mansfield. So wow. they, yeah, they got calls. They found pictures. Some guy called him and said, hey, my field's full, full of pictures that say CFD. That's probably Cardington, right? Right. Uh, they, they had uh, training documents that they found, um, all that, but they never, you know, their turnout gear and a bunch of stuff they never found. So um, they had three trucks destroyed. So Mount Gilead had left some equipment there for him to use. Ashley did. Uh, he, he told me some stories of Governor Rhodes at the time um, coming in and basically uh, told him, the, the state of Ohio bought them three fire trucks. Said, "What'd you lose?" Told him. He said, "Okay," and they bought them. So um, he was real thankful for that, you know, because what, what's a community like that going to do when something like that's tore up? And he talked a lot about different dealings with Sheriff Harden. Said he was a very colorful individual at that time and was made sure to keep people from looting and, and stuff like that. So keeping the law in order. Yes, right. That's right. Yep. And we all know that that's definitely Tom. So, um, but. Uh, it's interesting. He talks about the, you know, how ODOT came out later on and helped knock down buildings, and they had a lot of stuff to deal with afterwards. You know, right. they had a lot of buildings that didn't necessarily get knocked down all the way, but they had to have building inspectors go out, and and you know, Cardington's completely different now right. than whatever. You just you look at old pictures, and it's amazing. You know, it, it looked a lot like this. You know, how Mount Gilead's old downtown looks like. They don't have that. It's gone. Um, I do know. Basically, he mentioned that uh, there was uh, nine blocks, the nine blocks of the business district, and uh, that was pretty much every bit of it was hit. And uh, the last thing I'll, I'll try to end up with here is, uh, I've heard some people ask, so it was an F3 tornado is what they rated it at. So, uh, and it happened to be in the, the month of June, I think I was reading that year, they had like 200 something tornadoes in the United States. Right. Now, an F3 in Ohio is um, a large tornado. Yeah, yeah. We're not like Oklahoma and the Tornado Alley where, you right. know, an F5 is a large one. Like, right. an F3 is a large tornado. Most of ours, I believe, are zero to ones. Um, Xenia, I think, had, what, the, the F2 or EF2 yeah. based yeah. on the scale, yeah. you know. Um, so that's kind of a rarity. Yeah, I've actually, uh, so where I was working at before, we had some floods, and we had a, we had a, 
F2 tornado in a, in a town down there, and I've dealt with, I can just imagine, you know, it's less than 1,000 people where it got hit, but it got completely wiped out. So I can't imagine, very similar to Carlington at that time, I think they had maybe 1,700 residents or something, I think, at that time, possibly. So, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a major thing for something like that. I mean, it, that's pretty much what I've got. So. Well, and, and it, what really impresses me is how the, the neighboring um, communities, people came in and helped. Uh, when the fire equipment was no longer usable because it was destroyed, other fire departments lent them equipment to use. I mean, that's that's a community coming together in a, in a disaster. That's County. That is yeah, Morrow County. That's Morrow County. Yes. I mean, for that's everything. Certainly. So, um, okay, June 13th, right? 1981. 1981. Um, I was not born yet. I don't know about okay. Matt. I'm the only one in this room that was born yeah. at that okay. time. Okay. Uh, I, that's yeah, what I was trying either. to get yeah, at. I was, I was yeah, I wasn't either. Yeah, I think just, it was a, was that a Saturday? That was a Saturday. So yes. we're, we're almost, almost close because what, today's the 12th, right? Yeah. Tomorrow's, so it's not close. But yeah, I mean, that's amazing. So 40 years ago, the tornado came through and wiped out what then was Cardington, which right. is way different than what it is now. Most certainly. Um, and we did have a few fatalities. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, uh, Matt, you and I have uh, a career path that emergency management sure. is, is that uh, uh, it's something we prepare for. Uh, my extent is from the hospital side. Yours is in the fire side. Um, but knowing that you know we have plans because of events like this, you know that we follow. There's yeah, certain standards, certain protocols. Um, they were developed because of events just like this. Yep. Um, and knowing that, you know, in this case, in this instance, uh, thinking back 40 years, you know, the collection point, I'm yeah. thinking, okay, that's a triage point. Yep. You know, that's and what that's, we call it now. Yeah. Yep. You know, and obviously, Chief Olam was the incident commander at yep. the time. You know, yeah. just looking through it, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that kind of follows, that kind of follows. Yep. You know, and it was all developed in California. Right. You know, based off of real events out there, and it's now spread. So... Th you know, first off, thank you sure. for pulling, you know, the information together and, and calling uh, Jim. I'm sure, you know, yeah. you enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, anyway. oh, I did. I did. Th there's a lot of stuff on the hospital side, too, that I skipped over because they had because the hospital, you know, started their plan. And John Harbaugh was running the hospital at that time. So there's all that information. And that would be probably more interesting to you. But it's, it's very interesting to see how they did stuff back then. They had an intercom system. They could talk directly to them, you know, and, and there's a lot of that going back and forth. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, one of those, you know, live, real-life events that, you know, um, happens, uh, but it's how you overcome that, that diversity. And, and you learn from it and, and make changes for future events that hopefully don't happen but might. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Matt, thanks again for yep. coming in. Absolutely. Um, and... Uh, Anytime you want to come back, if sure. there's uh, anything you want to share, probably just anything let us history know. related. <laughs> hey, you've here. got three history buffs in this room. Yeah, like yeah. we're, you know, and yeah. you said you've listened to the podcast, yep. so you're only the second person. You and, and Kevin help. Shout out to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I see he put a lot of comments on yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Shout out to Kevin there. Um, but no, anytime you want to come on sure. and share, and that goes for any of you that listen, if there's, you know, a story that you have. If you, want, if you don't want to come on and you want to email it to us and let us read it, that would be great. We're uh, in for that. Um, Mike, do you have anything you wanted to close this with? Um, Put you on the spot. The only thing I can say is uh, events like this show what a great community we have here in Morrow County. And I'm thankful for, for this uh, area and for growing up with these wonderful folks. 
All right. So on Facebook, we noticed the Friends of Cardington Fire Department are selling calendars in remembrance of the tornado uh, that uh, destroyed the little town there. Calendars are 16-month calendars. So yes, Mike, it is okay that it is June and you can buy a new calendar. And it's not only going to be for good for half a year. They're actually 16-month calendars. They'll go from September of 21 to December of 22. They're $15 a piece. And they'll have them at the Cardington Street Fair on June 25th and 26th. So stop by the local fire department there and get them. And they've got a few pictures here. Lots of uh, some colored images as well as some black and white photos uh, from the time period. Um, and again, that helps to support the uh, local fire department. All right, so a review of the EDS Sauce Guys meal. Mike, last night I went and bought the family dinner. Yes. And we tried the pulled pork on a bagel. I was not too sure how that was going to work out, but actually the bagel makes it a nice, well-rounded meal. So you put this pulled pork on a hunting dog, a bagel? A bagel, not a beagle. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that, folks. Um, You know. Mike only has these fits every 30 minutes, and they only last a half an hour. All right, so um, they give you the pulled pork. They put it onto a bagel for you, and then you get to choose your sauce, whatever sauce you want. Personally, I like the mustard sauce. It's it's delicious. It's got just enough heat that you can feel, but it's got a real good mustard taste to it. We also tried the apple, uh, which is an apple butter base. It's pretty good. If you like apple butter, you'll love it. Uh, we also tried the honey barbecue, mm-hmm. um, and it's got a real honey taste. You know, some things that are called honey barbecue, they're just sweet. Right, right. This one, you actually taste honey. Oh, that sounds good. It's really, really sweet. good. Um, so we did the pulled pork sandwiches. I did the baked beans, which were really good. They, it was a baked bean uh, mix, and then they also put um, hamburger in it. Uh, and some other things. Yes. Wow. So it's almost like a cowboy um, cowboy bean mix. Uh, very good. Um, I like baked beans. Uh, my great-grandma's recipe is typically the only one I'll eat. I will eat these beans again. Okay, so the, the baked beans are the explanation for some of the weird sounds I've been hearing emanating from you since we've been here. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and I apologize for that. That's why the window's open. In case you've heard that in this episode, we it's a little warm, so we've got the window open uh, and a fan going. Um, also, they have um, pineapple coleslaw. It's coleslaw with some pineapple in it. I am not a coleslaw fan. A fan I'm not a at pineapple all. fan, but and I did not like that. I couldn't taste any pineapple. Um, and it, I tried some, um, and I'm not a fan of coleslaw, period. And okay. I, I just you liked couldn't it? do this. I did not. No. You did not? Okay. I did not. But um, not everything they have is for everyone. Everybody it, has different tastes. Yeah, and um, I know some people love coleslaw. It's not this guy. Joe Powell does not like uh, coleslaw. So, um, But it was good. I mean, you could see that they, uh, that they loved it. It was busy when I was there. They, it was rather busy. Uh, still within the first couple weeks. Um I did not get any of the cornbread. I really wanted to try that, um, but I I forgot to ask for it, so that was a, a you know sorry for you know my fault. Goes good with beans. Yeah, um, but overall, I got to tell you, very good. Um, I bought a bottle of sauce. A bottle of sauce is eight dollars mm-hmm. um, for them, 
And the mustard, I bought another bottle of mustard, but I eat it with pretzels. Um, you can get the microwavable, like big Bavarian pretzel things. Um, it's good on those. Um, recently, I've been taking fresh mozzarella cheese and putting a little bit of that on Ooh, there. Ooh, okay. it's really okay. good. And then um, I'm trying to think of what no, else. these are their own recipes. Yeah, these are their own recipes. They started okay. out as a sauce company, mm-hmm. just making barbecue sauces. Uh, the Blackberry uh, was their original recipe, and now they have so many uh, different ones. And going back to the video, you know, I sampled several of mm-hmm. their of their um, ones that they have in there. Very good. Uh, highly recommend it. Denim, Eric, you guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. <laughs>